Blog Talk Radio. Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Good afternoon, uh, because today is February the 5th, 2014, and boy, do I have a show for you. That sounds so cliche-ish, doesn't it? Boy, do I have a show for you, but so does I love you. You know, it is um, really sad that sometimes we give up on the very things that we were born to do and born to have. And one of those things that, unfortunately, we give up on is real authentic love. It hurts me. I have so many people that come to my office um, week in, week out, hundreds of fan mails. And in this content, there's always this, I guess, maybe 5 or 10% of the people that are in communication with me ask this question, how? Do I find real and authentic love? What does it take for me to stop going through people to, just put it proverbially, get the fly wings off my lips from kissing frogs and make real love happen in my life? Well, today is another day that I'm going to tell you to get your pen and your paper out. We're going to talk about some things that not only will bring love in your life, It will position you under two different conditions. Let's say, for instance, you are still single and you are looking for love. You're looking and waiting and you've been praying and lighting candles and asking God and and throwing pennies in fountains saying, I just want someone to love me. I want someone to come into my life and to treat me the way that I want to treat them. I want someone to give me the agape love that I get from God. I want someone to bless my life in such a way that is just pure. I'm not asking for much. All I want is to matter to someone else the way I want them to matter to me. Well, let's get real. The odds of that happening are not impossible. First, I want to tell you love does exist because God is love. If we say love doesn't exist, then God doesn't exist. So that pretty much just knocked that one out the park. But the truth be told, there are some rules to this, I'm not going to use the word game, to this condition. In order to have love manifest itself in your life, there's some steps that we need to take. And today what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you there. I'm going to give you, um, let's just say, a template of what it takes First, to put yourself in a position for love to find you. Now, let's go from scratch. The first thing is intimacy is primarily about how two people make each other feel. If you consistently make each other feel good, then you feel close to each other. 
if you consistently make each other feel bad, naturally you feel the opposite. You feel like, you know, you need to get the hell up out of my face. You feel distant. And all these, and through this little dance that people do, an attempt to find transcendence through a feeling that is a very, um, uh, I want to first educate you, it's beyond the feeling. It's a condition. It's a choice. It's a state of being. It is a willful determinant and evolution to love someone. Over the centuries, there are thousands of books written on the psychology of intimacy and love. Even when we look into uh, religious texts, all of them, from the Quran, the Ching, the Torah, the Bible, all of these books, the one central theme in these books uh, that bring transcendence is love. Now, what I want you to do today is I want you to first rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10 on these things that I'm getting ready to bring to your attention. If you find yourself scoring below a 5, and be honest, I mean, don't go and give yourself the uh, a rating or a score on this stuff just because you like you some you. That's probably part of the problem why you are sitting there feeling that there is no one in your life is because you lie to yourself a lot about yourself. Today, we are going to really deal with this issue because there, these principles that I'm going to talk about, the, the seven principles I'm going to discuss with you over the next few moments, are, have a great deal to do with why you have either settled for love and, and, and the most inappropriate forms of it, or why you think that, um, that love keeps escaping you. So here's number one. Get your pen ready. Okay, here we go. First thing that I want you to think of is love is about being that which you seek. You will never have a boundary that is intimate and strong unless you protect it. Strong boundaries are necessary to protect intimate relationships. So here's the first one. How many times have you found yourself telling your person of interest? And when I say person of interest, I'm using that to determine the, and it's only one of two different things. You either do right now have a training course called whatever, John, Susie, Bill, Bob, Ann, whatever the person's name, that is either a lesson preparing you for real love or you have been blessed to find real authentic love and you are in a position right now to confirm it and to finalize it or you're about to blow it. So this is very important. Here we go. When was the last time you found yourself telling someone what someone else said about them, meaning your mate? If in sharing the information that was said, you are breaking an underlying principle about, set, about boundaries that protect relationships, I'll give you an example of that. To have a relationship with anybody, you have to, you must, without a doubt, create boundaries that protect the relationship. 
Uh, I know my producer, Julia, is going to choke the hell out of me for telling this story, but I'm getting ready to tell it, Julia. Please, if you choke me, at least put on some felt gloves. There was a situation that helped our relationship, professional relationship, for those of you that are making up stuff right now. Uh, it was our relationship. We, we had to come to a point where we realized God had put us together for a purpose, and she, Julia has this gift. If any of you ever saw the show 24, there's this character, Chloe, that Jack would call every time he got his butt in trouble. And what, happens, uh, what happened with Jack is he would always call Chloe, and Chloe would always make the call to say, Jack, turn left, turn right, slow down, stand up, sit down, duck. You know, she was always looking at things because she – stayed within the framework of what was sound in terms of logistics, where Jack was always pushing the envelope. Now, in this dynamic, I'm definitely Jack because Julia is always telling me, you know what, please, I already know you are animated and a colorful character, but, you know, could you try to, if you're going to use a four-letter word, let it be love or Lord, not the other things that you use that uh, usually encompass four letters. So I started listening to her, and lo and behold, a set of circumstances arose while we were at the first season in this organization of trying to grow. We were looking at, you know, how can we expand? And when you want to expand anything, you need to bring in people. Well, we tried that. We tried looking at management teams, and we looked at some people that bought some other gifts and resources to the table. At the end of the day, they, I guess, I attempted to play us against one another. The beauty of this story is Julia and I set up a boundary, and we first set up a boundary within ourselves to contain our own crap. Then the next thing, we set a boundary that we set out and said, nobody is going to come between Julia Randall and D. Yvonne Young. Nobody, absolutely nobody. So anything you say to or about Julia to me is probably going to be greeted with a very quick Crown, and I'm going to probably tell you, you know, get the step in deuces, get the hell out of my face, right? And she's going to treat you the same way. And I'm using that example to say to you, the first rule in a relationship is setting strong boundaries to protect the intimacy. Into me, see. In other words, when you allow someone to see you for not who you pretend to be, but who God has fashioned you, as well as your gifts, to bring forth, that is the first thing you must protect. So if you are in that real, you found the real love of your life, or you're in a training course, or even better, if you're by yourself getting you together, ask yourself this question, how am I when it relates to setting strong boundaries and protecting my intimate relationships? Give yourself a score of 1 through 10, and here's how you can measure it. Look at the last significant relationship you had with someone that you thought you loved or you did love or you were trying to love or they were trying to love you. Did you betray that boundary? Did you share confidential information that they said to you with someone else? Did you allow someone else to disparage the person you love or the person that loves you? 
As a general rule, I tell couples that problems in your relationship should never, ever, ever be shared with anyone outside that relationship unless you have asked for explicit permission to do so. That's just an example of setting good boundaries. A common mistake that couples make is they share their problems with family members. So if you've done that, you need to give yourself about a one or a two if your family has tried to get in your business and you said, look, excuse me, but you do not pay one bill over here. I love you, value your opinion, but I surely didn't ask for it. And I'm going to tell you this. You parents, as well as you in-laws, you need to keep your business, stay out of your folk, out of your kin folks and your friends' relationships. You know, and I'm going to tell you something, young couples especially, and for some of you that are young at heart, that's my way of calling you old, behind, and mature, you must learn to respect the privacy of your relationship because many of you bring people into your business, and then you've got the nerve to wonder why they're spreading your stuff, okay? The other thing, be very careful. Be very, very careful what you say. We are never permitted to hurt anyone with our words. And this, this is really simple. There, there are serious consequences that when you hurt someone with things that you have said to another person, uh, and I learned this lesson easy. I had a good friend this year that just, you know, kind of would do things that I wasn't really all that pleased about. And I'm sure I did things that that person probably wasn't all that pleased about either. And what happened is I made a comment to someone in private that I thought I had a better relationship with than I did. And and I'm just going to show you how this thing played out because you guys know me. Dr. D is going to be very transparent. Someone who had come to my office on several occasions that I had known over years, I had been to their office on several occasions, that had talked to me back and forth on the phone, that even approached me with an idea when it all came out, it came out, they said that they probably barely knew me and may have talked to me once or twice, which was a complete lie. And at the end of the day, the person that really was my friend, I heard them, and what I said was something that was really meant no harm. You know, because even, you know how you would say something where you'd be like, you know what, X, Y, Z about uh, person A, however, they are a good person, so it's not like I'm knocking them. Well, I did that number, and when I did that number, what happened with me was I had that come back and bite me in the butt, and boy, did it bite me in the butt. So here's what I'm going to tell you. Never, ever say anything about someone you love that could hurt them to anybody. I know it seems like such a simple thing, but it's part two of this first principle about not being a tailbearer uh, when it comes, and when I say tailbearer, someone running around and bridging that boundary with something like your words and running your mouth. It's never right, and I'm going to tell you this is for those of you that are married or engaged or in a committed relationship, especially. This really is for all of us, but it is especially for you people. Never, ever curse at, raise your voice at, or call your significant other names. 
Imagine how much greater love would be if so many couples would just follow that one rule. Even if what you have, if, if, every word you say to each other either has to be, I mean, it will either have a positive or a negative impact on how you feel. So if you want to be in love forever, constantly and consistently monitor and control the way that you talk to one another. There is no such thing, time out and downtime in a relationship. Do you hear me? No such thing. Okay? Here's number two. Again, I want you to measure yourself one to ten. How do you respond when your significant other is in pain or in a bad mood? Do you get upset? Do you become intolerant or do you listen to them? Do you exercise patience? And most of all, how do you handle their bad mood? Well, I'm going to be honest. Most of us don't like it when the person that we are uh, dating or married to or attempting to have a committed relationship with is in a bad mood. Matter of fact, some of us even resent it. Now, that is so hypocritical because how often are you in a bad mood? And frequently what happens, our bad moods are, are an expression of emotional pain. They're really not a mood. It's more like um, I'll do it like you're sitting in my office. Play like you and your mate are sitting in my office, and one of you is looking like a, a, a three- or four-year-old that dropped your ice cream on the ground. And, you know, you can't bless it to God and eat it because there's stuff on it, right? So now you're, I'm sitting, you're sitting in my office, and I ask your mate, what's wrong? You know, something about you doesn't look right. I want you to learn that when you are watching and standing idly by and you see your partner in emotional pain, how do you act? Rate it on a scale of one to ten. Does it get on your last nerve? Now I'm gonna let me underscore this. I ain't talking about when you're dealing with a crazy person that's always in a bad mood. That's your that's your dumb behind for picking that person to be your mate. Uh-uh. Scratch that one. But I'm talking about those of us that just have problems in normal everyday life. When someone is in a bad mood, here's what's really going on. And America, the UK, you know, I want you guys to listen to this. And especially those of us that are uh, in Latin America, we, you know, I have that blood flowing through me too, man. So we can be really a little overpassionate. And sometimes ladies don't write me any letters, but hormones are real. And so is premenstruation and postpartum depression and all this stuff. It's real stuff. So I want you to ask yourself. How do you handle your bad moods? Here's what's really being said when someone's in a bad mood. I'm in pain and I need you to understand and support me. You hear me? I'm going to repeat that. When people are in a bad mood, what they're really saying is, I'm in pain and I need you to understand and support me. This is basically one of those things where we should treat people the way we want to be treated. It's never, hear this again, never, 
acceptable to dismiss or attack someone who is in pain, especially when it is someone that you are in a relationship. You do not say something like, well, just get over it already. That is being a jerk to the uttermost degree. One of the deepest needs of a human being is to be understood. And when you get in relationships, we expect our spouses and our significant others to understand Okay? Every time we reject our mate's pain and don't take the time to understand him or her, we are missing a great opportunity to create more closeness. You hear me? Every time you fail to care, to hear that thing, when you see what you think is someone's bad mood, quote, unquote, All they're saying is, I'm in pain. I need you to understand and support me. And every time you reject a person that you say you love, when they are having a bad day or acting depressed, you just missed an opportunity to create more closeness. Okay? Here's number three. Don't dismiss or deny bad feelings that you have. However, when you have bad feelings, towards someone, about something they did or whatever, man, you are responsible, not them. You are. This is especially true of you introverted personality types. Here's how you know if you're an introvert. You're an introvert if you prefer to be quiet. If you go to a party and you prefer that people be introduced to you as opposed to you being introduced to other people, if you prefer to step away from a situation and look at it rather than step into it, if you would rather read instructions than have someone tell them to you, if you like working by yourself as opposed with other people, you are an introvert. And introverts are notorious, notorious for just concealing their feelings, and they dismiss or deny even the fact that they're feeling bad, and they, after they've had enough, next thing you know, the introvert is cursing you out. The introvert is filing for a divorce. The introvert is saying stuff like, if you don't love me, well, you know what, why don't you just leave then? That's an introvert, and extroverts do this too. Don't don't ever think that they don't. But introverts are really the people that uh, own this one. When you have bad feelings, don't expect people to read your mind, especially when it's bad feelings that are beholding to someone else, like someone you think that you love. So rate yourself right now on a scale of 1 to 10, How often have you held your feelings back as opposed to communicating them? And let me tell you how you do this. You don't wait until you are a a raging bull trying to get out of a pit. Right when something happens, here's a technique. Telling everyone, use this technique. Never raise your voice, lower it. When you lower your voice, You do two things. One, you calm yourself down. Two, you stop escalating a situation needlessly. By doing this, lower your voice and say to the other person, "This, when you did blank, this is how it made me feel. And describe the feeling. Trick to the other person. Let the person finish talking. And, again, I'm going to use this introvert, extrovert thing because you know you guys, you know I love the Myers-Briggs thing. 
So if you're an extrovert, shut up and listen. Allow people. Don't finish their sentences for them because probably you will more than likely be wrong. Allow people to express their feelings. Being honest, bad feelings that are not understood and not resolved become toxic and destructive. They must be dealt with. Lastly, beating yourself up, feeling guilty of blaming others is a way to avoid taking responsibility for that which you have created. Uh, I'm going to use another quick example. I was talking to someone, and they were in a committed marriage, you know, in a relationship, and the person ends up getting divorced. And when I talked to the, uh, the other person, the spouse, they said, well, you know what? I always said let's go out. The person never wanted to go out. I always said, you know, let's do some things with some friends. They never wanted to be around friends. All they wanted to do is stay home, play house, and take care of the kids, which is not a bad thing. But can you realistically expect someone to live in that little narrow box with you? So when they finally have enough of trying to do this dysfunctional, it's me and you in the cave uh, relationship that you want, do not get mad at them because they did not want to participate in your dysfunction. Just footnote. Here's number four. When someone hurts you, communicate with them about how you feel. Now, how good have you done that? How good? You know, I'm going to give you something. Contrary to your opinion, it's not right or is it cool to dismiss people just because you they hurt your feelings? As a matter of fact, it's a sign that you're pretty childish. When people hurt you, communicate with them and try to repair the relationship by communicating in a loving, open, and honest way. In a marriage or in a committed relationship, good communication is the key to keeping things from breaking down. Now, there's a part B. In order to communicate, and I'm saying this to the other party, you've got to let this person feel safe once they tell you that you've hurt them I mean, that you've hurt them or you, in some kind of way, they feel that you've, like, just taken them for granted, ridiculed, judged, or criticized them. It's up to you to create a safe space for them to share feelings with you, not only in this instant, but in the future. It is a necessary prerequisite for an open and honest relationship. So grade yourself. How safe do you feel? when you have to communicate to your spouse that they've hurt you or you, or even if uh, you've hurt them, rate yourself, scale from 1 to 10. Here's number five. Communicating how you feel does not give your behind the right or the license to make folks feel guilty or abuse them. You know what? One thing that uh, I am just going to say it is so freaking wrong for you to beat up your mate because they hurt you. I've seen people literally call my office, come in here mad about something that happened five years ago. The first thing I want to say is, have you lost your doggone mind? What is wrong with you that you have? You are so shallow, you are walking around 
holding on to something someone did to you five years ago. Well, you know they didn't hold my hand. Look, grow your behind up. You need to stop acting childish. It's, it's time for you to realize no one is perfect. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to get spiritual on you, not religious. So before you religious nuts get the happy foot dance going, I'm talking to all of us. I don't care if you're agnostic, if you don't believe at all, or if you're Jewish or Islamic or Christian, whatever. This applies to you. How many times have you had someone hurt you, and from that point on, you feel it gives you a right to down them, berate them, make them feel guilty, even abuse them. And I'm going to be honest, I've done it. I'm not even going to lie to you. When um, I was uh, married, my ex-wife cheated. And people ask me, well, Doc, why, why are you single? Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, my ex-wife cheated on me, right? And when it happened, I didn't hit her. I didn't even curse her out. I just said, you know what? That's what you're going to do. We cool. I'm out. And what I did do was even worse than hitting her. Well, probably not worse than hitting her, but, you know, it was, it was bad. I never forgave. And, and it's okay to leave, but you still need to forgive, you dig? And I didn't. And, and what I did was I was so aggressive and my bitterness, and I was so aggressive in my nonchalantness, and I was so aggressive in my callousness that what I did was I became what the term is passive-aggressive. I was this passive-aggressive, abusive person. And I'm going to tell you something. It works. It hurts people. It guts them. But I'm going to give you the real truth of it. It's kind of like you drinking poison and expecting someone else to die. At the end of the day, you're the one that's going to be over there uh, heaving up, you know, your intestinal tract and your lungs wondering why this person didn't die. You must, when you are feel that you have been betrayed or someone has hurt you or done you wrong, it's not, you don't have a right to do that. Now, here's how you fix it. And again, rate yourself if you've done this. Assertive communication means that you can tell people how you feel without trying to provoke them. Assertive communication gives you an opportunity to be heard, to be understood, but the most that you can do is express your feelings honestly and respectfully. Now, that other person, they may or may not listen to you, and if they choose not to, that's not on you. No one can stand on their head enough to make it go away, and you can't stand on your head enough to prove how much pain you're in. And I'm not going to be rude and say get over it, but I am going to tell you stop tripping. You feeling me? There, if you want to, one of the most important relationship skills you have to have in order to succeed is the ability to pull your relationship over like you would a broken car and repair it with no resentment. And I just want you to picture this, and I'm going to move to number six, but picture this. You had a, you know, someone else is driving the car. You are in a hurry. And let's say they either get pulled over by the cops or they just something's out in the road. They have a flat, right? 
you cursing and acting a fool doesn't change the situation. It makes it worse. And, yes, it's not your fault they ran over the object. It's not your fault they pulled, you know, got pulled over. However, you're heading in the same direction as a team. Just fix the flat and keep it pushing. I guarantee you that will change a lot of stuff in your life. Here's number six. Do not, do not take revenge or bear a grudge. Let old business be that old. If you continue to go tit for tat, here's what's going to happen. You are going to have scores of toxic feelings and unresolved issues that will never be brought to closure. And when these old wounds aren't allowed to fully heal, they become infected, and your love starts fading. So here's the deal. Number six, rate yourself one to ten. Do you take revenge and bear grudges? Because if you've got a low score on this, hey, the thing speaks for itself. Taking revenge is, and in, in, I guess for all consideration, one way where you feel, okay, I'm getting even. I'm, I'm getting. I'm gonna get you back. Mm-hmm. How often do you get your spouse or your mate back? Do you cut off sex? Do you stop affection? Or even so, for some people, you just stop being even nice. You just, you know what? You're not nice ever again. And how? And, and I'm gonna give you some examples of not nice. The silent treatment withdraw or attack the other person with complaints and accusations. I had a couple come in here. My God, I am telling you, 95% of people that come in my office, I am able to help put their relationships back on track. I'm I'm able to help single people or people that work in corporate America uh, drop the crap, grow up, and start really having meaningful, productive dialogues. And in many instances, I, I have been able, if you do the things I ask you to do when in coaching and in and, uh, our sessions, we will get the crap out of your life. But I had this one couple that it seemed like these people, the, the woman get used the term argument marathons, and she said her and this man would go back and forth for literally three or four hours. Now, typically, I look forward to seeing my clients. I swear, when I when these people would come to my office, child, look here, I felt like going and buying me a box of wine and a bag of weed. I don't even drink wine, and I sure don't smoke weed, but when it was with these people, I, I wanted to turn into an amateur Rastafarian and hang out with Ernst and Julio Gallo. So learn to stop taking revenge and bearing grudges with people. And real simple, if the last thing, when we want to create the space for someone to love someone, it's real simple. Love people the way God loves you. Simple as that. And, and that's the last thing I want you to want to tend yourself with. Are you loving others like God loves you? Are you ignoring your feelings? Or are you embracing them? Are you trying to make the road more difficult? Or are you attempting to make the road a road least traveled? 
where you actually embrace things. So a quick run through. Number one on this list, though, and I want you to grade yourself one to ten. If you got a score closer to like sixty or uh, or above, you are really ready for a great relationship, and you probably are doing good. If not, definitely call me, come see me. We can get your stuff on the one. If your score is uh, somewhere around thirty-five or a lower. Child, we need to talk. Go by that book, Break Up, Don't Break Down. Go by the book, Another Chance. Go come see me or someone like me. But here's, here's one through seven. Uh, are you protecting the boundaries, meaning are you keeping things inside your fence? Are you being, and part B of that is, are you watching what you say to and about your mate? Okay. Number two, are you dismissing someone else's pain? Are you just being rude and be like, you know what, get over it? Or are you really stopping to realize that that pain is a cry for help? And if and if so, how are you answering that cry? Number three, don't dismiss or deny the bad feelings that you have. You are responsible to resolve your bad feelings with other people. It's not their job to read your mind and to figure you out, right? Number four is when someone hurts you, stop acting a fool and just communicate with them. Lower your voice. Tell them how they hurt you and how it made you feel. Just lower your voice. And for those of you on the receiving end of that, are you really listening? Are you creating a safe environment where this person feels, okay, I can tell them I didn't like that or this hurt me? The other thing is, you know, just because someone hurts you, it does not give you the right to beat them up with it, to abuse them, shame them, and try to make them feel guilty. And especially those of you that are stuck on stupid and you've been doing this for years, well, and you know when you did this, and, and here's a good sign that your behind needs some help. When you, when everything someone does hurts you, everything, come on, everything, that's like saying all women do. All men do. All white people do. All black. There's no such thing as all or nothing. Take responsibility for even if someone hurt you, that you have to be part of the solution, even if they were the ones that created the problem. The other thing is six, and that's don't bear grudges. Stop being revenge-driven. Think about what is being said. and. Really ask yourself, is me getting out cussing and kicking the the flat tire going to reinflate it and pull the nail out? Can you unstrike a match in any of these circumstances? No, you can't. And lastly, are you really loving your neighbor as you love yourself? Anyway, that's part A of this discussion. I'm going to take a call uh, uh, that's been holding, so we're going to come right back with Sally. We're going to take about a 45-second break. You're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. We'll be right back in just a moment.
Wednesday, February the 5th, 2014. You're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. If you are ready to stop being unhappy and find the ecstasy, the passion, the perfection of real love, if you're ready to create the spark that will light the eternal flame of your love life, this is one episode of my program that I don't want you to miss. I have a caller that's uh, got a question and she's been holding for a minute. So, Sally, your own conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Praise God. Good morning. Well, good afternoon. How are you, sir? I'm uh, doing great. What's going on with you, dear? Okay. Uh, I keep seeing your name pop up on the laptop, and everything that you've been saying for the last two weeks since I've been seeing it, it fits me. But especially today, today. Praise God. Everything that you said, I'm going through a relationship. I'm living with a gentleman eight years. I didn't find him this time. He found me. He needed me in his life to show him that there are women that accept you the way you are. And I got accepted through him because I wanted a gentleman like him. He loved his mom. He's a working man, everything. But he still hold grudges of past tense, family issues or whatever. And I asked him, do you love me? I'm always telling him I love you. I'm not in love. I don't love you no more. I'm in love with you. First and foremost, before God, I love him first. He said, well, I love you like my luggage. And so I had to open my mom and say, you love me like your luggage, but his luggage stayed in the closet till we go out of town. So how do I fix this situation? Well, first, I want to give you a couple of things. One, don't be so heavenly bound that you're no earthly good. People that come in your life, come in your life for a reason. And what I have found is that many of us that become very, um, to put this and, and take this the right way, Sally, when we get to a place where every other word out of our mouth is God, this God, that God doesn't even refer to himself that much. What I want you to stop and think about is why is this man in your life, and what is it that you are to learn in this season of in your life from his presence? Often women will project on a man what they want from the man without realizing what the man is, why he's even present. And, and I'm, I'm going to explain that. What I mean by that is I've had women say, well, this time he found me. Well, let me give you a hint. If you were out in the woods and a bear was hungry, he'd find you, and the bear cub loves his mother. So does that mean that you're not a salmon to the bear club? You know, people, because we buy into dogma and we buy into what we feel are constructs that are going to represent the facade of structure, the uh, the image of this is, quote, unquote, my godly relationship. This man found me. I wasn't looking. I love him, and I forsook all others to cling to him. And then man will turn around and say he loves you like Christ loves his church. Well, okay, all that sounds really nice. However, the church is who killed Christ. So with that being said is is the relationship you're in, something that was meant to be a season in your life, and you are trying to give it a state of permanence which it does not deserve? Or moreover, is this a relationship that is in your life that is meant to teach you a lesson and you're not liking the class? Which one of those things do you think applies to this situation, Sally? 
I really can't say. Okay, well, I'm going to... Well, dear, I'm going to tell you this. Crying is a good thing, and anger is too. Anger forces us to change, and crying is basically spiritual push-ups. Release yourself from this situation and become the witness to your life. And what I mean is step back from this. Write down, this is what I was looking for when I met this man. This is what I have found. And look at the difference between what you were looking for and the reality of what you found. And as you explore the the distance between those two things, what you will find is that the journey you're on as it relates to this season and this particular man and this relationship will answer itself. And sometimes what I what we get to that is such a foolish thing to do, we get so caught up in attempting to get to the destination, we miss out on the journey. Anyway, Sally, thank you for your call, and I hope that helped. All right. Thank you. Have a bless. All righty. Uh, a lot of you are probably in that same boat. I have found that many um, women as well as men, tend to get into situations with the hope and the expectation that it is going to fix something. When, in fact, if you put two people that were lonely into a relationship that were looking for love, what you end up with is two lonely people in a relationship looking for love. In other words, you must be complete before you get where you have started. Now, I'm going to, this is going to be obviously uh, a part two segment to this show. Uh, I think this weekend, I'm not sure, we are going to have uh, a film producer that's doing a really, really cool project. Uh, he's Steve Drayton. He's the brother, believe it or not, Flavor Flayed, but he is an accomplished film producer, and I, and I know he's going to be joining us, if not this Sunday, in the very near future, and he's making a movie right now in Atlanta about relationships. But I, I just want to segue into some things uh, while we go into the last 20 minutes or so of this program. Romantic true love must be willfully created. Okay? Let's repeat that. Romantic true love must be created. It does not just happen. Now, how does that take place? You must choose because love is a choice. I'm going to take that a step further. Even God himself does not force people to obey him nor to love him. So for some of you out there, that figure, if you just put your ankles behind your head far enough, that man can penetrate your psyche deep enough that he will just fall into love with you. That's a bunch of bull. Gentlemen, you cannot hit it hard enough. You cannot buy up roses. You cannot give her enough diamonds and gold to make a woman love you. Here's how you really get to real love. You become capable of creating romantic true love when you commit to your own truth. 
When you commit to your own truth, you do this by dedicating yourself to becoming aware of the complex and wide range of your thoughts, your feelings, and your experiences with the understanding that they will continually shift and change. I'm going to go back to that because I know somebody just jumped off the Scott Street bus and they're going, what? Let me explain that one to you. How can you commit to a relationship based on something you cannot see, feel, taste, hear, or smell? In other words, love is intangible until you become aware that you yourself are a complex being with a wide range of thoughts, a wide range of feelings, and a plethora of experiences that not only have happened but are happening and will continue to happen. And those things, your thoughts, your feelings, and your experiences are going to continually shift and change. Think about that for a minute. Because when you commit to a relationship with another human being, first, understand that they are complex. They are not your boo. They're so sweet, and he got good hair, and, I, you, don't, you know, and that is her hair, and that ain't real. Let me, let me give you a hint. I, you can have good sex with anyone you are attracted to that has some bedroom skills, Okay. Not a problem. Matter of fact, you can have a great time long as you get an approval code on that card. I can take anybody shopping, and we are going to enjoy it. I can take anybody to a good restaurant. Now, here's what happens. The trip to the mall doesn't, doesn't fix anything. The restaurant and the ambiance doesn't fix anything. Even what you're putting down in the bedroom doesn't fix anything when the pressure cooker hits. When those seven things that I just talked about during the first half of the show, and if you just missed it, listen to the archive. If any of those things have been violated and your score is under a 40, homie, Nothing you can do externally will solve your internal dilemma. And what you are doing is you're wanting a feeling because most people don't understand that love is a decision, it is a condition, it is a reference point, it is a significant set of uh, an ongoing evolution paradigm that's wrapped in a mystery and into a, and a contradiction. Love is something that is complex. And to create it between two human beings, you both, both of you, must understand that that wide range of thoughts, feelings, and experiences that you are now attempting to merge, by the way, is going to continually shift and change. That's why for those of you that are listening to this program that have a, uh, a, a marriage or a, a – uh, I'm, I'm going to give you a continental divide even in this thing. I have an audience that is global. So some of you African-American men have married an Asian woman that was raised in Japan, and some of you uh, Anglo men have married an African-American woman then you're coming from two different worlds. Some of my friends in the Caribbean 
you've married somebody from the Virgin Islands or from the UK, and you are wondering, why don't you understand me? Well, have you ever stopped and thought about that the reason you are not maintaining equilibrium is because you have not been able to move beyond whatever has been blocking you from being open to the truth of your experiences, so how can you relate to them? That's right, creating lasting, meaningful love requires that you deal with the things that you probably haven't wanted to deal with. Have you stopped to think that because you have a family that comes from the islands, that the way that you were brought up and what you saw in gender roles and sex roles and the way your spiritual beliefs were practiced is miles apart from what the other person, your significant other, your baby, you remember that chick you saw and you could not stop staring at her? Each one of us is walking into this life looking at circumstances with a complex and wide range of things that created those thoughts and feelings. And these experiences that we have will block you from being open to the truth of another person's experience, especially when you haven't moved beyond what is your truth. Now, just think about that for a minute. Real, authentic, lasting love is not an impossibility. As a matter of fact, it is one of the things that you are born to do. Every human being on this planet that is not sociopathic or crazy wants the same thing. We want someone to love us for everything we are not and recognize us for that which we are. We want someone to embrace us on our worst day just as we want them to celebrate our best day. But the issue is, have we gotten seven steps away from that purpose? Have we gotten to a point where in our upbringing we did not see people respect boundaries? We did not grow up in a household where we saw mom and dad keep what was going wrong in the house. I, I have an aunt and uncle that are deceased. They were as nutty as a fruitcake. But one thing I remember in that house, I was a little boy visiting them, and my aunt told my cousin, what happens in this house stays in this house. And if I hear anything that got discussed in this house, when you get home, I'm going to beat you a new booty. And that is what we need to ask ourselves, starting at the foundation. What is your foundation? Some of us don't even have a foundation. Some of us grew up hearing the women just berate the men and emasculate them. You know you're sorry, and I don't know. You're, you're such a dibby-dibby boy. For, you know, I mean, are you? Is that what you are growing up hearing? Are you growing up? Watching, and did you grow up watching a man that came in the house and talked down to his wife, your mother, so now 
you think that is normal and that if a man doesn't check everyone in the house and have everyone walking around on eggshells, he's not a man? You fool you. Do you, women, have you gotten to a point where you just are always blaming someone for hurting you? Let me give you a hint. Get your mirror right now and look in it because within it you will find the image of your worst enemy. You are your worst enemy. You keep wanting to have someone else be mentally incarcerated, and you're the keeper. Let me tell you this. As you walk around in unforgiveness and you walk around expecting this person that has been willing to come in your life and see you for all that you are not as well as that which you are, and you want them to make up for what your mother and father didn't do with you, for the hugs you didn't get, for the father that was distant, for the mother that was, you know, whoop you and then talk to you, and now you want this man or this woman to be in your face 24-7 balancing your life because you were not mature enough to stop and commit to your own truth by becoming aware of the complexity and the wide range of thoughts other people put in your head? Are you now walking around with these feelings that you have that you you just you you can't you can't deal with your own feelings so when you see someone else in a bad mood you tell them get over it why you want them to get over it because you are walking around in denial of your feelings so they need to be in denial of theirs have you ever stopped to think that sometimes the things that you resent most about someone else is the fact that they are dealing with that which you don't want to deal with in yourself And I'm not talking about you delusional people because, you know, I'm delusional. All of us are delusional about something. However, when we can't admit it, that's when it's a problem. Anyway, with that said, we're about to come up on an hour. So before I close out in about three minutes, but here's some stuff for you. I want you to go back through that seven-point checklist. This show is dedicated toward you finding the love you deserve. This brand, my brand, the Dr. D. Yvonne Young brand, every book I write, every television show that I do, all of those things are dedicated toward one thing, and that's giving you the tools you need to live a profoundly extraordinary life. And the biggest component in that offering is for you to be the you that God knew before you were ever established in your mother's womb. What that means is before you were in mom's womb, God knew the perfect version of what you were created to be. And when you came into the life that you're calling now this life, you came to this planet to experience the contrast of thought and ideas and beliefs and to share that journey with someone very special, with someone that could love you like no other. Well, that person is you. And until you love yourself, there's no way in hell you can love someone else. Now, a couple of housekeeping things, and I'm out of here. 
on uh, December, I mean, God, you already know I'm tripping. I'm just going to say December. On February the 11th, 2014, I'm going to be at CBS Television Studios in Houston, Texas. I have a, uh, I'm the relationship expert for a uh, regional television program called Great Day Houston. Go to my Facebook page, call in, and be in the studio audience. We're going to give away some books. Uh, so I'm going to sign some autographs after the broadcast and all this stuff. But the main reason that I think if, if your spirit inclines you to do so and that you should be present is because I am going to be taking questions and talking to you about things that will change the rest of your life and that will empower you to find the love you really deserve. Last two bits of housekeeping. If you haven't registered at dyvonneyoung.com, make sure you do so. This year, my producers and my management have told me we want to give back and give away some things. So we're going to be giving away some coaching sessions for couples and for individuals and some new products. And my television show is starts filming this year all around America and in the U.K. and in the Virgin Islands and in Canada so we will be doing things where you can be on camera, on TV, not only fixing your life, but whatever it is you're going through, I promise you someone else in your country, in your state, in your city, even in your neighborhood or your family is going through something very similar. So believe me, whatever it is you're going through, you are not the only one, but if we can help fix your problem, what we fix in you, we will fix in the multitude. So with that said, I will be talking to you guys Sunday night at 7 p.m. I love you so much. This has been Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Have an awesome week. And if you want someone else to love you, who can do that better than you? Have a great weekend. Talk to you soon.